Slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means tonight we are talking about villains. So I didn't have like one, two, I only had like three pages of notes for this episode. I feel like I don't have much to say about it. This is just sort of the... This episode is just kind of connecting a lot of dots and kind of building up to the two-part ending of this season. So I feel like I'll have a... I mean, maybe not obviously, but just to remind you guys, since I do everything 20 years after the original air date, next week... I will be talking about the last two episodes together in one episode. And just FYI, even though no one has ever bitched at me for being late or early or anything like that, I might have to record a day late, a day or two late next week because I work all weekend next weekend and having a two-part you know two episodes to talk about in one night means that the whole process is going to take me twice as long because as it stands now on the night I I started tonight around around nine and it is now 10 30 and by the time I get done with everything, editing, uploading, recording, all that stuff, it'll be close to midnight. So, yeah, if it takes three hours on a normal night when I'm only talking about one episode, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to set aside some serious time for this for the for next week. So most likely it will be late, late next week. That's that's all that is. It's just me. uh forgiving myself in advance since none of y'all probably care <laughs> anyway so that's that um so yeah this episode is not i mean it's it's enjoyable but i mean enjoyable it's maybe it's not i mean i feel like i've forgotten about it already and i just watched it <laughs> um it's just it's kind of like a moment of shock after something really tragic happens, if that makes sense. It's like, we're sort of like standing back and looking around and going, what's up with Willow right now? Uh, you know, like we're all in shock. Like Tara's really dead? Did that just happen? <laughs> That's what this episode feels like coming out of it, to be honest. But um, my first note is, like a full 10 seconds on the ambulance crew, which is just really funny. It really was. It was, um, they were doing, and I realized what it was. They were doing like a one shot, I think is what they call it, where, um, because it was a continuous shot from the very beginning of the episode and it was like 50 seconds 
all one shot. They follow the guys out of the ambulance into the backyard. And then the shot ended with, you know, somebody placing the, the, like, I don't know, a cloth over Buffy to like stop the bleeding or whatever. So yeah, previously on Buffy, Buffy just got shot and Tara's dead and nobody knows. And it's just, there's so many moments in this episode where I'm like, oh my God, things could have been done differently. Like I realized that Tara pretty much immediately died. So it's possible that there was no hope for her, but instead of Willow jumping into action and, you know, if she had realized that the fucking ambulance was there because Xander obviously called on behalf of Buffy, she could have, you know, had them come upstairs to help her too. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was just, it was just too late, but I definitely think that Willow's very first I mean, her first instinct was to summon Osiris, but her first instinct also was kind of to shut down, you know? She was doing freeze of fight, flight, or freeze. I mean, she, not really because she did go to fight because she called on Osiris like immediately, but also just, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Okay, what, where are we? 50 times or 50 seconds for the one shot. How many, and then I just wrote, how many times did they have to shoot that? You know, cause it would have probably taken a while to have something, a, a continuous shot like that for 50 full seconds um, of just, you know, going through that. It would have had to be very obsessively choreographed and stuff like that, you know. Um, and when they did like the close up on Buffy's face, it's very clear to me that she, in that moment, she just, Sarah Michelle Gellar's face, you know, she's just, she's a great actor. She knows what she's doing because I could tell with her facial expression that she was terrified to die and that she was kind of surprised that she was, you know, um, it's, this is, she is fully back to herself at this point, you know? And I could tell that in that facial expression. I was just like, wow, she is good. <laughs> she is really, really good. <laughs> um, okay. And then Willow does her plea to Osiris. And so Osiris is like, look, this is a natural death. And Willow's like, what are you talking about? It's like a human death by human means. You have brought one kill back for mystical reasons, but you can't, no. He just, he tells her no, basically, because she just demands that he bring her back. Um, I'm surprised she can't do it. You know, um, just do it herself at this point. Because, I mean once she gets all of this like sort of unlimited power and I'll be, I'll be bitching about this for a while. You know, she, we're supposed to think that Willow is tapped into this sort of like unlimited power just in general. And also right now, especially, but she doesn't try to bring Tara back besides 
pleading to Osiris. I guess she needs his help officially for that. I don't know, whatever. And then later, when Xander loses his eye in season seven, she doesn't restore his eyeball. I feel like she could restore his eyeball. Plus, it was the death of an eyeball from mystical means. It wasn't a human eyeball death by human means. <laughs> so, you know, I just hate that shit. He had to go through his entire life as a character from then on. Only a few episodes at the end of season seven was he without an eye. But um, by, you know, throughout the whole comics, he never got his eye back to my knowledge. I could have forgotten that, but I don't think I would have forgotten that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Let's refocus on the, the present. <laughs> um, then we finally, we finally get just Andrew and Jonathan, just the two of them. And I'm, I love all the scenes between the two of them that we're going to get in the next couple of episodes. And we get maybe only for the first one or two episodes of season seven, but we get some time with them. I just love them together so much because poor Adam Bush that plays, I hope that's how you pronounce his last name, B-U-S-C-H. Poor Adam Bush that plays Warren. Like everything I've ever heard about him is that he's like one of the nicest guys ever. And I just feel for him that he has to play such an asshole because I just hate seeing him on screen every single second. I just don't enjoy him at all. They just, they didn't ever really give him any likable moments. Really? I don't remember. He was just an ass face, self-serving, misogynistic asshole from the very beginning. The first time we saw him in season five, you know? So unfortunately there's no redeeming qualities to Warren but, and I feel bad for Adam Bush because like, have you ever seen him in anything else? I mean, I'm sure he's had other jobs, but most people probably know him as Warren in Buffy. <laughs> and if he really is such a sweet guy, that's just unfortunate. I don't know. I think as an actor, I would kind of hate to play such an awful person, um, just in general. Okay, so I enjoy the little scene. We really only get this one little scene between Andrew and Jonathan just to establish. There's a lot of, like, establishing um, scenes in this episode. Like, we get one scene with Spike just to establish what he's doing. We get one scene with Andrew and Jonathan in jail to establish what they're doing. You know, um, others as well, I guess I'll mention when we get to them, if there are any. Um, but we just get the one scene between Andrew and Jonathan. They're arguing because Andrew keeps saying that Warren's going to come save them. And Jonathan's like, no, he's not. You two were going to leave me, but then he was going to ditch you. So he only cares about himself. And Andrew is like, he's not ready to admit that yet. Um, I think the quote of the episode for me, just because I think it's the thing I remember the most about this episode is the moment where they start to almost start talking about something like regular nerdy shit that they would have talked about in the past. And Andrew says they were talking about uh, Matthew Broderick because one of them brought up war games. And Andrew just says, I miss Ferris Matthew. Broadway Matthew, I find him to be cold. 
And I just, I always remember that because I just remember the first time hearing him say that the first time I watched this episode, I was just like, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And every time I just, yeah, me too. <laughs> was there a face after Broadway, Matthew? I mean, surely he's still doing stuff. I remember seeing him in something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I saw him in something like a few years ago and he was good in it. And I don't even remember what it was. It was just like some weird show or something that he showed up in. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Warren shows up at the demon bar, waving his dick around. That's what I wrote in my notes. He just it sits down and starts, orders a fucking whiskey, which hilarious to me like Warren would be drinking whiskey he just ordered that to look cool in front of the demons <laughs> I think Warren is probably like more of a fruity drink kind of person um not that there's anything wrong with that at all by the way <laughs> I just that is my instinct with him is that he would be a fruity cocktail kind of person um Anyway, so he comes in, orders a whiskey, orders a round for the house, and he's, like, telling everybody things are going to change around here because I just killed the Slayer. And, like, he's ready for them to, like, he's saying that he's looking for a new gang. He mentions the trio. I'm sure you've heard of us. And no one has heard of them. And I think that this is kind of important because later he also says this to Rack when he catches up with Rack, who's that, like, creepy magic guy um, that Willow entangled with back whenever she was addicted to magic um remember remember that guy remember rack anyway he also says that to rack like I'm a, I'm a part of this uh evil trio or something and the trio you've heard of us and he's like what do you guys have banned so i bring this up only because i think it's it's very important that the demon world has no idea about the trio. And of course they wouldn't, but I'm glad that they're emphasizing this just because, you know, that's the whole point is that, like I've said many times, the whole point of season six is that everybody was so into their own angst that they were destroying themselves. And the fact that the trio could have tripped them up at all, and they only really tripped them up a little, but the fact that they could trip them up at all is just indicative of how little they've been able to take care of themselves because they would have been a monster of the week in any other season of Buffy because they would have been dispatched with very easily and immediately in the past, you know? Um, everybody starts laughing because he says, you know, that he shot the Slayer in her backyard and they had seen the guys in the demon bar had seen like a news broadcast about someone getting shot in their backyard a girl getting shot in her backyard and she's going to live so they're all laughing at him because he didn't really succeed in killing the slayer so he immediately starts running he's like oh shit because <laughs> the slayer is going to be after me now and um let's see what what's next Willow asks where they keep... Okay, this part just pissed me off. So Willow storms into the magic box to suck all the dark arts books dry of all of their magic. And she asks Anya when she walks in, where do you keep your dark arts books? What the fuck? 
she spends like all her free time in there and she's like the most powerful witch in Sunnydale. I mean, this particular scenario is making her like the most powerful witch in the world, possibly. I think we are supposed to think that. But <laughs> she knows where the dark arts books are. She's been to the magic box many times. She knows exactly where every single individual volume of the dark arts books are. She knows. <laughs> are you kidding? Why did they have her say that line? It pisses me off so much. Like, she wouldn't need to ask that question. And we don't need to hear her say something about the dark arts books out loud, even. Because we all know that the dark arts books are kept in that, like, loft area but even if we didn't know that that moment that super cool shot I still think this shot looks cool whenever she sucks the the books dry and you see all the writing going across her skin and like the upside down pentagram that ends up on her forehead pentacle pentacle it's a pentagram when there's no circle around it just so you know pentacle has the circle around it so the upside down pinnacle comes on her forehead and then her hair turns black like you don't even need someone to say the words dark arts books out loud it was very evident in that shot and they could have reclaimed that moment that little like two seconds where she was asking that stupid motherfucking question that she didn't need to be asking maybe they could have reclaimed some time for the next scene which Dawn comes home from school and she finds Tara dead in the bedroom, which is so awful and so heartbreaking. And I was just like more traumatized by that than anything else in this episode, to be honest. I was just like, oh, Dawn, no, poor baby. I mean, that's something that sticks with you for your whole life. Oh my God. Because Willow's so fucking selfish. She doesn't take a second to like deal with that situation she doesn't deal with it she just immediately starts magicking you know oh anyway but there's this awkward transition in that scene which makes me think that they had to cut some time in this episode and they chose to do it here because as soon as we get Dawn's face after she has seen Tara it just like the scene goes white and it's a very awkward transition. It doesn't look natural. It's not the way that scenes transition ever in Buffy. And it's just a very weird little moment. So I'm wondering what happened there. Like, was there not good usable footage? So they had to cut it strangely. Did they have to cut it for time? I don't know. But that was weird. And it's kind of jarring. Anyway, that happened. I mean, that in contrast to that beautiful one-shot situation. Like, we could have sacrificed, you know, three seconds of staring at the ambulance people to get, like, a little bit more of Don's reaction in that moment. At least enough so that it didn't have that weird transition out of the scene. Is it just like, it's like it didn't really want us to be too sad. So it, so it switched off of that scene really quickly and made it less effective than it could have been. And really robbed Michelle Trachtenberg of, like, an emotional acting moment. Like, and I'm sure she did it in the moment, and they just cut it out? I don't know. It bothered me. Anyway. Um, Warren goes to see Rack and gives him a bunch of money because he's got all that money. 
he I guess he got away with some money from that whole heist situation that happened in the last episode. I'm guessing because he had some, right? Um he had a bunch of money to hand to Rack to give him some to give him some extra magic and whatever, help him with a plan so he can get away. And Rack is the one that tells Warren, you know, it's not Buffy you should be worried about. It's the witch. It's Willow. There's somebody cold. Somebody's dead and that's the one she's bad about, you know. And he tells him, she's going to tear this town apart, starting with you. And I just love this. I don't know. I Not this episode in particular, but I just love this arc. Um, like particularly the episodes we're going to talk about next week are just going to be, it's, it's going to be so much fun to talk about it because we're going to get Giles back and it's going to feel weird and hopeless and stuff for a while, but during the episode, but not really, it's not really a hopeless feeling. It's just, there's, there's a lot of magic fighting and of course, Willow's in pain and Giles is a badass and we get that whole laughing fit between Giles and Buffy. Anyway, <laughs> I keep getting ahead of myself. That's what I do. Okay. Um, at least Willow took the time to save Buffy. So I guess whenever she like sucked all the magic from the magic books, I mean, she did see... I don't think Xander had time to explain to her what was going on when he saw her outside of the house whenever they were getting ready to leave in the ambulance. And he was just so in shock that, like, no communication was had there. But maybe she picked up on what was happening in that moment, actually. Okay, sorry for the noise shift, guys. Um, I decided that since it was getting a little hot in here and it's only 70 degrees outside right now and it's been like fucking 90 for days. Oh my God. It was so hot today. Anyway, um, I just figured I would open the window. So someone's like air is on or something. So, but whenever other, you know, like podcasters and, and YouTube, whatever, whenever there's like ambient sound in the background, that doesn't really bother me. Other people seem to think that you can't have any ambient sound in the background. So if you're one of those people, I'm sorry. But me personally, I kind of like hearing like nature sounds and shit happening in the background. So, I mean, it's not going to be anything super disturbing. I'll pause it if, you know, a siren goes by or something. But anyway, ah, it kind of smells nice. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> getting air in here. Um, I just don't feel like talking about this episode, to be honest, because it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just a transition episode. It's just one that, like, if you were watching Buffy on your own time, doing a little binge session or whatever, that you would, you know, it's not like you would skip this episode, but it's just, it's just an episode that connects the dots, that's all. Okay, so Willow shows up at the hospital, somehow she knows Buffy's there, and th at this point she has changed clothes. She's wearing the dark denim with the all black rest of the outfit. And, um, and we have seen this dark denim jacket before in her wardrobe, but the rest of it is just like, what? Willow has black, <laughs> you know, but whatever. And she's got the, the black hair now. 
she shows up at the hospital and there's some sort of elect electricity surges happening when she comes into rooms. Um, it happened when she walked into the magic box, she blew a bunch of lights. It's just like rude Willow. Come on. And also it happened like she shut down the computer equipment when she walked into the room just by her, her crazy energy right now. I don't know, but she kicks everyone out of the room so she can save Buffy and at least she had the wherewithal to do that. And she seems to be actually, you know, when Buffy kind of comes to and then looks at her and goes, Willow, she's like, Buffy, hey, you know, she's not completely not herself. There is a transition that's happening with her. At first, I mean, she's very single-minded. She wants to get to Warren and she wants to kill him, but she does stop to save Buffy. And she's not entirely not herself you know? Um, so she like saves Buffy. She tells them they have to get out of there. You know what? I wonder, no, we see her at Tara's in Tara's room later after she's already in this outfit. Never mind. I was going to say maybe she borrowed the clothes from Tara because Tara would have black clothes, but not Willow. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. Um, she says whenever she saves Buffy, like, we gotta go. I'll explain everything. Because, you know, of course, Xander's like, what's going on? You're doing magic. What's happening? You know, everybody's confused. Everybody's in shock. Um, and I, that part, at least, is, is effective. Like this, like I said in the beginning, it's like this whole episode is, we're all in shock. We don't know what's happening. And it's just kind of confusing and sort of like, you know, you're just sort of looking at stuff all furrowed brow and you don't know what's happening and you're seeing things go down in front of you, but you can't compute. This whole episode kind of has that feeling to it. Um, Xander hugs Buffy whenever she, you know, has been saved because he was terrified. He was in the room while they were working on her. Like, I don't think they would have let him be there, but whatever. Um... And he says, he hugs Buffy and he's like, you got to stop doing this. This dying thing's funny once, maybe twice, because she flatlined whenever um, Willow first came into the room. So maybe we're supposed to think that she kind of died here for a second again <laughs> for the third time. Um, we see Xander's car for the first time ever, first and only time ever. And it's like a Ford Taurus or something, but it's purple. It's a purple car. <laughs> How cute is that? I think that's, I would say it's my object of the episode, but I don't want a Ford. I just want a purple car. Let's just say not the specific car that is Xander's car, but I want that color of car. Cause it's kind of like in some lights, it looks like it's sort of a, sort of an eighties. You remember the eighties maroon? Um, my very first car, her name was Shirley was like that 80s maroon color. It was kind of like metallic and not super dark. It was kind of between a mauve and a maroon. But that, Xander's car kind of looks like that in certain angles, but really it's purple. So I'm into that. Reddish purple is my favorite color. So I want my car to be that color. So that's the object of the episode. Just the purpleness of Xander's car, not the car itself. <laughs> 
Buffy says something to the effect of, because they're all in the car, going down the highway, trying to find Warren, and at Willow's behest, of course, and she's, like, controlling the gas pedal on the car. She's she's backseat driving, literally, because she's in the backseat. Isn't she? Or is Willow in the backseat? Or is Buffy in the backseat? No, I think it's Willow in the backseat. So she's backseat driving, magic-wise. And Buffy's like, you're using magic, I don't like this. You know, everybody's just sort of, like, very slowly coming to terms with what the fuck is going on with Willow, you know? And Willow, so she says, you're using magic, I don't like this. And Willow says, if I wasn't, you'd be dead. And this is the first time watching this that I made the connection. Not only is she talking about right now, if she wasn't using magic, Buffy would be dead. But if she wasn't using magic, Buffy would have been dead at this point for like almost a year, you know? So it has a double not a, really a double meaning, but twice over, Willow has brought Buffy back from the dead. And the first time Buffy died, Xander brought her back. <laughs> That's kind of weird to think about, actually. It's always her best friends that bring her back. <laughs> That's not an accident, for sure. Um, then Xander is like, what's with the makeover of the damned? <laughs> it must be so confusing to them, because like, you know, so this all happens in the course of a day, this entire episode. It begins like, well, yeah, because at the end of the last episode, it was the beginning of this morning. So it's like mid-morning when Buffy gets shot and gets taken to the hospital. At this point, it's like mid-afternoon. Um, and then at the end of the episode, it's like the middle of the night. It's all the same day. So... What's the point of that? Oh, yeah, it must be so weird. Like, the whole thing's weird, right? But, like, <laughs> like the last time Xander saw Willow, of course he probably wasn't taking in the information because he was in shock and he was about to get in the ambulance. But Willow walked out of the house in a white, like, hippie shirt spattered with all of Tara's blood. And he saw her and she looked like normal Willow. And then later, she, like, this would have been, like, what, two hours later? Three at most? And she's in an all-black outfit with her hair dyed black? <laughs> like, yeah, she just, she just had to go right then and there and dye her hair immediately. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Anyway, all of it's so weird. Like, that's not the thing I should be you know, focusing on, but whatever. That's what my brain does. Um, they get out of the car, they're on the highway, Willow makes a bus stop, and it's the bus that Warren is on, presumably. We saw him get on a bus earlier. I didn't write that part down. And Willow just, he gets off the bus to face her, which, of course, Warren wouldn't have actually done that. And Willow reaches out and starts like choking him immediately and he's a robot so it wasn't the real Warren um and then okay I noted the time 18 minutes into the episode so it's about halfway through because most Buffy episodes are like 42 minutes long 
Um, 18 minutes into the episode is when Willow finally tells them about Tara. They don't know up, up until this point, because why would they? She was up in the bedroom. They wouldn't have thought that anything happened with Tara. Um, but you know, they're like, okay, you want to find Warren. That's the, the whole conversation is you want to find Warren. That's great, but we can't do anything about it. Like this whole episode is just a reiteration of Buffy's core moral values the show Buffy um which has been reiterated and crammed down our, down our throats so many times which is that like whatever they do to demons and vampires fine they're allowed to do whatever they need to do against demons and vampires but they're not allowed to mess with the forces of with humanity you know if if a human does something shitty they just need to reprimand them somehow and get them to the police to have the police deal with it. I have never really liked this aspect of Buffy. Um, I guess I kind of get why they're making the distinction in the sense that they, I feel like the showrunners were assuming that this show would be only appealing to teenagers and the show is about adolescence in general. So I'm assuming that they were trying to make the point that they were trying to make sort of a hard line in the sand between the fantasy of this show and then the reality of real life. Like in your real life, don't try to take matters into your own hands like Buffy does because this, all this metaphysical crap is fake. It's just a metaphor for human reality. And human reality, you gotta call the police, you know? Whatever. Police suck. Because, not to get on a tangent of that, but police suck because anytime you give people too much power, I mean, power corrupts. It's a cliche for a reason. Anyway, read the power. That's a really good book. <laughs> Forgot who the author is, but um, yeah, anyway, good book. So anyway, after she stops the bus and Warren comes out and it's the Warren bot, she chokes it. The bus is just sitting there the whole time, which also bugs me because it's like, why would the bus just be sitting there? <laughs> Wouldn't they drive off? or be calling the police right now or something because they all just watch this random goth chick choke a robot on the side of the road. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, so Willow, Buffy, and Xander are just having the, the argument on the side of the road. Like, Buffy's trying to stop Willow. Whatever. Anyway, that is when Willow finally tells them about Tara. Like, when, he, when Warren shot you, he got Tara up in my room. And they're, of course, further shock. They're, they're already in shock all day, but further shock. They're like, is she dead? She's dead. And now Warren is too. And frankly, I gotta agree with Willow. Like, her actions in this episode, with the exception of, like, sucking all the dark arts books dry because rude, then no one else can use those books. Like, what happens to all of those ancient texts? I mean, as a librarian, I gotta ask. <laughs> what happens to all of those ancient texts that 
Giles obviously left behind for their benefit. And she's just destroyed them by sucking all of their information out. I hope they were able to put it back. <laughs> I've never thought about that before. But it's kind of kind of distracting now. Anyway, so they finally know. Then um, Willow kind of like, she's been shooting this purple lightning when, her, when she does her magic shit. And she did it earlier with Anya. She kind of shoots out this purple lightning and, and like pushes them backwards so that she can go because she's made it clear that she's going to hunt down Warren. And at this point, Buffy has told her like, she's not going to help with that. So anyway, there's a moment that happens that I think is important. Xander says, you said it yourself. The magic's too strong. There's no coming back from that. And Willow says, I'm not coming back. So this is kind of a turning point, I feel. Like, Willow is in such pain that she doesn't care what damage she does in this state. She doesn't care. She's going to do what she needs to do. And that's it. And I also wrote down the words flat affect. So if you've never heard this term, it's, it's used in psychology a lot. And particularly when someone is so depressed that they're to the point of thinking about taking their own lives, they will start exhibiting a flat affect, which is just, which is what Willow has throughout this episode, kind of. She is saying the words Tara's dead with no emotion. Um, it's, it's the creepiest thing if you've ever seen someone so depressed that they literally don't care about anything because there'll be, I mean, you don't realize how much emotional inflection people have in their voice, just normal everyday life. But a person with flat affect is just there's no emotional tone to anything. They just sound robotic. They're really quiet. There's no, there's no like peaks and valleys in the sine waves of their speech patterns. You know what I mean? <laughs> that sounded smart guys, <laughs> but really seriously, they just, I had a friend once that, um, she had, I think there was a suicide attempt. I didn't live in the same place as her. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what happened, but I talked to her afterwards. Um, she was, she got some help and I was able to have a phone conversation with her. And it was this, one of the scariest phone conversations I'd ever had had in my life because I was talking to my friend and just hearing nothing in her voice, you know? you could tell that she did not want to live. And that is the vibe that I got from Willow in this moment during this conversation of her saying Tara's dead, you know, not even like as much emotion, emotion as I just said it with, it was like, Tara's dead. Warren needs to die. I'm not coming back. You know, that sort of just like, yeah, flat affect. That's what that's called psychologically. Okay, 
probably everybody already knows that anyway. Always over explaining things, but I like it when people over explain things because I just feel like in everyday life, people don't explain things enough. People just kind of assume that other people know shit and it's like, you know, they don't. There's no way to know. <laughs> That's a shout out to my mom. There's no way to know. <laughs> she likes to say that about things that you could easily look up. <laughs> anyway, which is also her reference is a reference to like a Tignataro podcast, I think. So anyway, um, we can, okay. So, oh my God. Okay. The next scene is they finally get home. Buffy and Xander, they get home. It's night now. <clears throat> and, um, Buffy goes, she's looking for Dawn. She goes upstairs. She braces herself before walking into Willow and Tara's bedroom because she knows that that's where Tara likely still is. And she's bracing herself and she's just like standing there in shock. And then you suddenly hear like this really quiet Dawn voice. She's sitting like all crouched up in like a corner next to like a dresser or something. And she's, she just says, I didn't want to leave her alone. And that is just the most heartbreaking part of this whole episode is that Dawn had to, and you see like there's a wide shot and you see a clock on the wall above Dawn's head and it's 8 PM. When we saw her earlier, when we saw her discover Tara, she had just gotten home from school. So presumably school gets out at three, right? Maybe she doesn't get home till four for some reason. Maybe she has some kind of extracurricular. She didn't get home till four, four thirty, maybe, but still she's been sitting there crying, staring at Tara for at least three to five hours. I can't even imagine how long that would have seemed for her. And it seems totally natural that like, you know, at this point she's like, what, 15? And she comes home from school and she discovers Tara dead and no one else is around and she can't get a hold of anyone because this is, this is before, not before cell phones existed, but before anybody in this universe had a cell phone. It's just heartbreaking. And it seems believable to me that she would do that, that she would think to herself, I don't want to leave her alone. You know, oh, it's making me want to cry. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. Let's move on. Oh, okay. The next part is like, we see the coroners like taking Tara's body down the stairs and they tell Xander to call a number the next day and they'll have more information. I don't know, whatever. And Buffy's hair is so Buffy and Xander both are wearing different clothes now. So they've obviously cleaned themselves up, up and put on different clothes, which is great. Um, I'm happy for them, <laughs> but Buffy's hair is like very, very, very perfect. I would have rather seen her hair like kind of wet and scraggly because in those moments, everything sucks. You're in shock. You're not going to curl your fucking hair. And I know we're not supposed to think that she curled her hair, but it's obvious that her hair is very stylish. 
<laughs> and it bugs me. Anyway, I wish they would have just let her be kind of scraggly, you know? They would have, I wish they would have actually given us a no makeup look, you know? I mean, she's not wearing like a lot of makeup or anything, but still. Anyway, that's just another thing that bugs me, but whatever. Um, Buffy gives, because, you know, she kind of explains to Dawn that Willow is after Warren and she wants to kill Warren. And Dawn is like, good. And I agree. I agree. But again, Buffy does the whole, we don't kill humans speech. It has to be reiterated. It's very important that this, for the show, apparently, it's very important that this show constantly ram that shit down your throat, which I mentioned earlier. So she does that whole thing. Um, but she, this is the first time it's been explained really well, in my opinion. Buffy says, we can't control the universe. If we were supposed to, the magic wouldn't change Willow the way it does. Which is so, that's just such a simple way to explain it. And, and it makes sense in that scenario. It's like, okay, I'll give you this situation. Okay. Dawn wants to help. She wants to come with Xander and Buffy to figure out, to try to find Willow, figure out where she is, figure out how to help her. Um, and Buffy won't let Dawn help, which this is the second time we've seen this where like Dawn is trying to insert herself. She's trying to say, look, my big sister is a fucking slayer. This is my life. I need to be able to help. And Buffy's like, no, you need to go somewhere where you feel safe. And Dawn says, Spike. And this is when we get confirmation that Xander does know what happened in the last episode. Because he starts to say, no, she can't go over to Spike's, not after what he did. And Buffy, like, shoots him a look to shut him down. And if that weren't confirmation enough, Buffy walks away for a second and Xander follows, and he's like, you want to leave Dawn with Mr. Attempted Rape? So he absolutely knows what happened, which I knew he did, but still. In the last episode, I was bitching that he, you know, didn't get angrier about that whole thing, but whatever. So just letting you know, he really does know. Um, But Buffy's like, look, he couldn't hurt her even if he wanted to because of the chip, and I don't think he would, and Don feels safe with him and we don't have a choice. So let's go. So Buffy goes to drop Don off, but Spike isn't there because, you know, he's left, and um, Clem's there because he's, like, house-sitting. Crip-sitting. <laughs> so... Dawn stays with Clem. We just get this whole cute little scene with Clem and he's great and I love him. Um, do we have anything else there? Oh yeah, Clem at one point says, I was about to mix up some country time. Do you want to play Parcheesi? He's just like, and I'm just like thinking, God, that is exactly, I would just want to hang out with Clem if I were Dawn. Like none of this like fucking dangerous bullshit. No. I just want to hang out with Clem, but that's not what Don wants. 
She wants to be a part of the action. She wants to help. Um, then we get the one scene in this episode with Spike. He's in, you know, some other country or something, or maybe not even, but he's on a beach somewhere and he's stomping around and he's wearing all black, but he doesn't have his coat, which was a question that I had in the last episode, because it's weird to not see him with his coat, right? But he doesn't have his coat, just so you know. At least they're being consistent with that because he left it at Buffy's. I don't know. Stupid details. I pay attention to that shit. So, again, they're still, they're sprinkling in a little bit more ambiguity in this episode as far as, like, what Spike's there to do. Um, but they're still making us think that he wants to get the chip removed because he keeps whining about the chip. He's whining about the chip and... He's in this, like, cave with this blacklight demon guy, and the blacklight demon guy says, you want to return to your former self? And, of course, everybody's going to automatically assume that what Spike thinks of as his former self is going to be his, like, you know, flashy evil vampire days, you know? Um, and then the demon says, you were a legendary dark warrior and you let yourself be castrated and you have the audacity to crawl in here and demand restoration. So the term restoration is really the only nugget that they've given us that what Spike is really there for is his soul. But I don't think anybody really clocked that at the time, you know? And then Spike says, I'm still a warrior. Um, I don't know. So may that's really the only indication from Spike. And it's really reaching to say that's an indication that he might know what he's there for. And I think we're supposed to think that he's there specifically to get his soul. Whatever. Anyway, I just hate how stupid they're making this whole thing. Whatever. Anyway. And then again, he says, bitch is going to see a change. <laughs> so that's not indicative of a good change at all. If he keeps calling her bitch, which he's done like four times since the last episode. Um, then we get, so Xander and Buffy go to the magic box after they drop Dawn off at the crypt. And... Which, what was Xander doing while that was happening? Waiting outside, pacing around, I guess. Um, or Xander's there first. Maybe Xander went ahead to go to the magic box because we do see him talking to Anya before Buffy walks in the room. I guess. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes more sense because he wouldn't have wanted to go. He wouldn't have wanted to see Spike. Um, anyway. So we get a little conversation between Xander and Anya where he's, she's updating him on the fact that Willow came by and sucked all the dark arts books dry and kind of, you know, incapacitated her. So she's still kind of recovering from that. And, um, she kind of indicates that she knows where Willow is and she's like, I can feel her. And Xander's like, is that left over from your vengeance days? And she says, not left over. 
And so he finally puts it together that she's back in the vengeance game. And he's like, oh, when? And she's like, when do you think? <laughs> you know? And then Buffy comes in and she's updated on the fact that Anya's a vengeance demon again. And again, like both of them are sort of like, what? <laughs> in shock about this information as well. So they don't really, and that makes sense because of everything that's going on. It's like, how are you going to react to that information? Normally there'd be some kind of lecture from Buffy in this moment, but she's too fucking tired for that shit. She got shot earlier today, you know? Um, so Anya decides she is going to help them because she can, she can track Willow essentially, um, magically anyway. Um, then we get, so we're in the woods. Willow is closing in on Warren. Warren gets, he sees her first, I guess, and he just shoves an axe into her back and that's the commercial break, but it doesn't affect her. She's just sort of like creepily like hovers upright <laughs> Um, and pulls the axe out and it doesn't even have any blood on it, by the way. And she's like, axe not going to cut it. And then she throws it down. And Warren says, it was an accident, you know. And Willow's like, oh, instead of killing my best friend, you killed my girlfriend. <laughs> Great. Not, an, not personal, just an accident. Um... Warren tells Willow you were asking for it. And she's like, I was, I'm asking for it. That was a good little moment. I enjoy this whole thing of like, at, up to this point, I'm pretty much on board with everything that Willow did, except for the fact that she didn't do more to intervene on Tara's behalf right in the very beginning, as soon as she got shot. Because maybe there was something that could have been done. She didn't communicate with Xander at all. Like, that's really the only, th like, and sucking dry the, the dark arts books, you know, like, information should be available to all, you know, free information. I work in a library. This is an important part of our whole ethos. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, other than that, like, I'm totally on board with Willow killing Warren. I'm on board with the evil way that she did it. I don't care. He's an ass face. We've seen him do terrible things. I mean, early in, earlier in the episode, when they were having that conversation and Dawn's like, yeah, I hope she does kill him. Xander says, you know, he says, out of the mouths of babes, which kind of gross, actually. When you think about it anyway. Um, and he's like, you know, she has a point. Warren has, is just as bad as half the vampires you've killed. But anyway, I am totally on board with her killing Warren. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fact that she skins him alive. I'm okay with it. Anyway, that's pretty much the episode. Um, we do get the very, very last part of the episode. Um, Anya, Xander, and Buffy are kind of closing in on Willow. They, they see her like across a clearing in the woods. They're about to catch up to her and Willow before they completely catch up to her. Cause she's been torturing Warren. 
um, she just skins him. Right, right before she skins him, she says, bored now, which was such an exciting moment the first time I saw that because it's a callback, in case you don't remember, it's a callback to Doppelgangland or the other, or The Wish, or both of those episodes. Both of those episodes of The Wish and Doppelgangland included that um, other Dark Willow character, Vamp Willow, um, that was from the alternate universe, and she would say that, bored now. So the fact that Dark Willow in this universe is saying the same phrase, and I don't know, I don't remember enough details to remember if she had ever seen the other Willow say that phrase and she was actually doing a callback. I don't think so. I think it was just this version of Willow. She's dark enough that she would say that same phrase and she's just another version. You know, I think that was cool that they did that. I still think it's cool. And I just remember being so excited. Oh my God, she's really going to be evil now. You know, I just love a good villainess moment. You know, I'm not going to begrudge Willow that. As much as I dislike her as a character, I, you got to let her have, you got to let her have her evil moment. You know, it's, you got to take some joy in it. And then the very last thing that she says, the very last thing said in this episode is one down again, flat affect. Um, and the next episode is called two to go because, you know, she's going to go after Jonathan and Andrew. So this is where the beginning of the next episode is where I think like her choices from then on, I mean, not that her choices in this episode were good, but I can understand it. Like if she had stopped with Warren and then sort of collapsed to the ground and then she, you know, had to go to rehab or something. I don't know if she just sort of stopped at Warren. I would have totally understood that. I don't think there necessarily would have been super harsh consequences that she needed to have or anything like that at this point. But everything she does from now on is truly evil. You know what I mean? But it's going to be fun. So I'll see you next week. Might be next Monday. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not planning to do it late, but I also know that after working a full eight hour shift and then having like potentially a five to six hour podcast situation afterwards, that's a lot. So I may not be able to do it next week just so you know. Um, but, um, I will see you guys next week ish. <laughs> and we will talk about the last two episodes of season six. And after that, we will be on break for quite a while as per usual. Um, the summers end up being about four months with this project. Um, but we can talk about that next week. Okay. Oh wait, ratings object of the episode is the purpleness of Xander's car. Let me write that down. Purpleness Xander's car. Okay. Outfit of the episode, even though this is the same outfit that she's going to be wearing for the rest of the season, I mean, everybody's going to be wearing the outfits that they're wearing now for the rest of the season. 
Um, I'm going to give it to Anya because I really like her outfit. Her hair looks really good. It's like this deep side part slicked back into a ponytail. She's wearing this um, really simple black top with a white Peter Pan collar and like white cuffs at the sleeves. It's like a long sleeve. And she's wearing um, some tight pants that are kind of they almost look like wallpaper but they're pants it, it looks like it might be they might be like silk like silk like sort of medium brown tone light to medium brown kind of a tannish tones satin not silk satin with like some kind of velvet brocade situation. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but she looks so good. And she's like the only one that's going to look good in the next few episodes. So soak it in. Alpha of the episode is Anya. MVP. Oh my God. Who gets MVP in this episode? Uh, I don't know. Nobody's doing a particularly great job right now. Everybody's in shock. I'm going to give it to Willow. <laughs> I know she's being evil right now. But she's going to be too evil for me to give it to her for the next two episodes. And I'm totally on board with her killing Warren. He needed to be taken out. Like, at, at one point before she kills him, she says something to the effect of, you know, you killed Tara. You took her light away from me and the world and it's not fair that she is gone and you get to live and I agree with that so I'm totally fine with her killing Warren so there you go quote of the episode I think it's that Matthew Broderick thing that that Andrew said earlier um five by five Again, this was just kind of a transitional episode. It was perfectly good, but not groundbreaking or anything. Uh, I don't want to give it a 3.5 because I give everything a 3. It's like I have three modes. Either I hate the episode and give it like a 2 or something, I think it's perfectly fine and I give it a 3.5 or I fucking love it and I give it a 5. Like, there seems to be no other ratings, but whatever. That's just how I work. It's not like anybody's paying attention to this shit. Anyway, cool. Thank you for listening and I will see you next week. Bye!